Oh, so that's a bit abrupt. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 335. I don't have that numeric significance, I'm sure. We used to do, back in the old days, we used to do a little um, bit of uh, um, this number has relevance. So I might start re- resurrect that because I'm looking for some other ideas, frankly. After this many episodes, you know, you want to try and uh, bring in a, a few more features wherever you can. But I want to thank my guests for being sticking with us for the majority of those. I think if I start with... Uh, Maybe I'll start with Dave Spears, because he's probably been in from show one, pretty much. So Dave Spears, g4software.com, right there, um, makers of fine software instruments and collector of fine analogue equipment. How are you, Dave? Thanks for leaving me to take items. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Uh, I want to say, brilliant um, Octave Cat. Did you see my headline, G-Force announced, G-Force release Octave Cat? Did wonders for the uh, the hit count, yeah. Video. No, I didn't even put video in the. I didn't even put that in the headline. <laughs> so, I banned anyone from because uh, you know the inevitable thing is when, how much, when, when. So I've just completely disregarded any of those comments. Uh, well, that's good. And I just want to point out we've also brought in a new um, uh, chat room thing because I was finding that when I put it across the bottom, it was cutting everybody's face off. So now it just cuts your left ear off. But you can, when you see it there, you can sort of move into the, you know, it'd be like, it's almost like... Um, I can look at it. Yeah, oh, there we go. Anyway, I, I, as I've been told, don't talk about it. Don't talk about yes. Video Club. So Dave Spears, thank you very much for joining us. I uh, appreciate it. I'm sure we've got plenty to talk about. There's been quite a lot of developments, um, which is good because it's a slow news time of year, generally. Right, um, so now uh, that last chuckle there you heard was uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, uh, not songsurgeon.co.uk, it's uh, gazwilliams.me. So you just think yes. add .me on the end of Gaz Williams and you be, won't far, be too far wrong, though I think you're going to be doing a redirect or something if you can. Um, Gaz, yeah. nice to have you here. Um, bass player, professional bass player and uh, music technologist um, with your tree of basses ever growing behind you. Yes. Uh. Oh, is that an Ashbury? Uh, no. Warwick? <laughs> no, no, it's an Ibanez. But that one has got... Uh, I've, I've been experimenting with a high... Wait a minute. High, higher strings. Wait a minute. It's got the, that's not a bass, that's a guitar. It's, uh, it's got six strings. It's, <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of my, a lot of, I know. It, it's a real crime amongst bass players to have more than four strings. It's kind of, uh, it's uh, it's seen as, a, as, as like a real, you know, like I'm letting the side down. But the reason that I've done this, though, is I've got the MIDI pickup on here. And because of the, because of the inherent tracking problem with... Um, ah, yeah, with lower with strings, right. Pitch, pitch to MIDI. Yeah, so it's got tuning up quite high. In fact, this top string isn't even got any windings on it. It's very thin, so it's uh, you can play. And the tracking of it, the tracking on it's amazing. So Oh, that makes MIDI... sense. Okay, okay. I think yeah. you can be forgiven that, as long as you don't play <laughs> any jazz funk solos. I, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, reticent, he's not going to say no, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Useless reams of bibble. 
useless reams of bibble. That's a great line for the show. I think that might actually. <laughs> Although we have had jazz funk nightmare, maybe useless streams yeah. of bibble. Nice. That's a nice phrase, though, Gaz. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm. That, I think we might use it unless anything better <laughs> comes on. That's the ch- that's the chat room uh, challenge. You see, the chat room who are now uh, positioned in this uh, on the t- on the left here. Um, they can um, now uh, contribute ideas for show title. If you just put title colon, then uh, then when I'm whipping through the show notes at the end, I can I can look for it and flag it. But uh, anyway, title title colon that would you know that would lead on to an anal blaze. Ah, uh, <laughs> don't you know? I've nearly got no. into trouble with that. But I didn't. Oh, really? There were people asking why I hadn't used that as the title, and I think <laughs> that's pretty blooming obvious, frankly, because it's very insulting to the gentleman who's uh, just because oh, it's got exactly. a small type typeface doesn't mean. But it does when you read when it's very small and your eyesight's going. It does look like uh, not anal, anus. Anyway, sorry, anus. right? Sorry, sorry. Perhaps Some let's uh, let's bring it back to uh, Mark. Bring us back into line there, Mark Tinley, uh, likebeing.com. Uh, Sound um, artist and musician and creative thinker and uh, fridge magnet collector. How are you there, Mark? I'm all right. Good. I've been buying guitars as well. Ooh. I bought a Line, a line 6 Variax 700 because I thought I've had the Variax 300 for a while and I really ought to sort of upgrade it and buy a nicer guitar. Although I have got a, a luthier making a semi-acoustic body for me and I'm... I just, I just, I can't decide whether or not to put the Line Six electronics in it or not. I sort of fancy mm. a, a Fender Strat neck on a on a three three nine or a three three five Gibson style semi acoustic with full of Line Six things. But then it's going to end up being quite an expensive guitar if I carry on down that route. So yeah, I'm well, sort of deciding too. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, because it means I'm going to. I mean, I just bought a, a Variac Seven Hundred, which was about. Four hundred pounds, which is about really nice. They're really nice, actually. So that was second hand, but it's in such beautiful condition. I'm sort of thinking, do I really want to rip this thing apart? And it plays so much nicer than the three hundred. So can you rip the guts out the three hundred, or have you sold that? Well, the thing is, the the electronics in the three hundred are loaded from the front, so it has a scratch plate. So unless this guy's really, really clever and can and can design it so that he can load those electronics from the back, which he might be. Um, I've heard of people who've done that uh, with 300s, that they, they've used the 300 as the donor, as a donor guitar. <laughs> donor. Because, <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, because essentially the electrics, I, th- I think, are, are the same as the, the more expensive ones. Well, it sounds exactly the same. I mean, it's, it might uh, it's have... kind of, disappo- that's a disappointing part. I've, got, I've now got a guitar that plays really nicely, but sounds identical to the other guitar that I had. So, you know, there's haven't, nothing haven't they got a bit more? Haven't they got a bit more DSP in them, the, uh, um, those other ones? It's not the, no, very, it's not the James Tyler one, is it? Ah, okay. this is, the, the, the 300, they're all of the same generation, the same electronics. Ah, okay. Stuff, I Pretty the, much, yeah. the, we, uh, we review the James Tyler one, and that is really lovely, I have to say. Very nice. What I can't get my head around is if it's got piezoelectronic bridge saddles in it, <laughs> why doesn't it have a MIDI output? Because it, mm. it's effectively got a hex pickup on it, hasn't it? And then, and then I, I've read so much stuff about how to convert it, and it sounds like an impossible task, basically running two lots of electronics off a off a one set of piezo pickups. So it will do one or the other, even if you convert it, it will only do one or the other. So I, mm. I don't you know. know. I, I, 
I, I don't Dave know, but I, I'm, I'm a bit worried. Dave was nodding off then, but until he mentioned MIDI, then he sort of uh, picked up because this is, I suppose, Sonic Talk. There he goes. MIDI, 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 analog synth, analog synth. There we go. We woke him up. But yeah, interesting. So I, I wish you the very best of luck with that, and I'd like to see it when it's done there, Mark. I think that would be uh, oh, yeah. really cool. Very cool indeed. So uh, do show us. Um, we've had a week. What a week. Well, what a day, I suppose, yesterday was. Um, uh, we could start... Do, do we want to start with the Apple ramifications and then we can leave it well behind? Or uh, do, do we want to start anywhere else? Uh, does anybody have any preference? Let's start with Apple then, shall we? Um, I haven't got anything to play because uh, I didn't get the opportunity to, to, to edit down the extremely long and kind of dull sales speak, aren't we brilliant, mm. um, keynote speech. Oh. But... Um, there were some interesting developments. Uh, firstly, we have a date for the Mac Pro, the new Mac Pro, which is definitely um, something that I'm quite keen on, uh, which is December. So finally, um, we're going to get a new powerful desktop. And it's quite interesting, really, because it, it really does. I think with the when this comes in, also we've got new uh, MacBook Pros with retina displays and upgraded processors. I'm imagining we're going to see we're going to have to see a fairly robust move towards um, uh, Thunderbolt because obviously there's nowhere to put anything else in those. Um, I don't know, Gaz, was there anything exciting about the keynote yesterday that uh, really th- thrilled you? Uh, iPad Air? Well, yeah, it, iPad Air looks good. I think, um, I mean, it, I don't know how much... You take the, the 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 graph as a of the processing power, um, you know, seriously. But I mean, uh, if if it's kind of got twice the processing power of the previous generation, then you're looking at quite a powerful machine for music. So I think that that is quite interesting, uh, and it's the 64-bit A7 chip in there as well. So that's quite interesting. I think uh, the the Mac Pro itself looks. I mean. It's quite an astonishing design that they've done. Uh, but, you know, computers are so powerful these days that... Do you, you need know, it all? I mean, do you need it all for music? You know, well, it's yes, a, I it's, think it it's would a video. be nice. It's probably going to be a video and modelling kind of. It's high-end stuff like that, isn't it? Certain, certainly. Um, you know, and I, I think it's, quite, it's come to quite an interesting point in time where... Uh, computer upgrades were always we were always very kind of keen on because we wanted to be able to run more and more plugins and and, and whatnot. But I very seldom, I don't hit the, I don't hit don't that hit kind of point. I, I don't, and I'm running a machine that's a couple of years old. So, uh, I mean, yes, I would like a Mac Pro because it looks cool and just to just to know that you've got the hoof there. But um, I think. The you know you just don't need it. As I say, you just you just don't need it. So it is an interesting. I think that is an interesting point. Of course, if you were into video, you can't get it. You know, you need as much power as you can possibly find. Uh, but I think for music, I'm not sure. I'm really, I'm not so not so sure. I mean, uh, I, I was trying to work out what the price is going to be. The the, the base model uh, in in dollars is three thousand. It's like three thousand. It's going to be yeah, uh, um, it's going to be around about two, two and a half thousand gra- two and a half thousand quid, That's, I would have thought, which is comparable to what the the ta- I think less. The I don't think point- be less than that. I think it'd be about two thousand, I reckon, because the the if you look at the prices and as as if you translate the American Apple prices as a current range to what they are in Britain, they're uh, okay. a lot. They are closer to the uh, the exchange rate, not entirely, but 
But so anyway, I don't know. So if that is around two thousand pounds, then hmm, interesting. Obviously, the uh, the lack of onboard storage is. Uh, I mean, for that two thousand pounds, what do you get? Two hundred and fifty-six gigabyte <laughs> SSD drive, yeah. and that's it. You know, so it's like, ooh, okay. Well, I guess they're um, just going to, you know, get everything external is what they're probably going for, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, the the whole kind of piece, you know, the big thing about this uh, super fast RAM, uh, the PCIe RAM, uh, what are you meant to be doing then? Are you, are you, are you, are you, will they automate the process of, of uh, working with your current project in the in the in the box so to speak and then as soon as you sort of finish that project automatically it'll back up onto an external drive Uh, i don't know i'm pretty sure that uh, with all of those gigaflops and gigahertz available that someone could write a fairly simple uh, command line script that would auto back up your stuff so yeah Yeah, but but yes i I think it needs to be that that might need to be part of the os perhaps when they finally do come out um that might be an interesting point but yeah I, i think having workflow and working through that way will make a lot of sense um, but that, those are the sort of things that are going to change because, I mean, you know, we are talking about essentially a major move away from because the storage has to be fast. You know, the computers are really fast, but, you know, you still mm-hmm. like the MacBook Pro I've got here. I still I haven't got an SSD in it. It's just got a regular drive in it. So I can't run an awful lot of stuff on that. I mean, Dave, you're a developer. I mean, we've talked about these Macs before, haven't we? But I mean, now now they're becoming a reality. We're talking, what, eight weeks away? Is it something that you would bother with? I mean, or is there really no point? I mean, I guess virtualization could be pretty useful on it, couldn't you? You could run, with that sort of power, you could run some pre- a pretty fast PC and Linux emulation and a Mac alongside each other, and it would probably be just as fast as the current crop, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously I run stuff in, what is it, Parallels or whatever it's called. No, VMware. Uh, which is kind of okay, but you've always got that kind of problem interfacing the audio in and out. Uh, no, it's it's at the minute it's not of any interest to me, and I don't think it's aimed at musicians at all. I think it's the 4K video lot. I think that's really where yep. it's aimed at firmly. So, yeah, no, not at all. In fact, what was interesting about yesterday is I didn't watch it because I kind of got tired of hearing how absolutely, utterly fantastic they were from the last one. In fact, Rich Hilton put it much better than me. Uh, that they'd taken a step down on the ladder of dignity before. So I just kind of didn't watch it. Uh, and then I woke up this morning to find that actually my main Mac is three operating systems old. That's quite weird, isn't it? The one that I use to do the majority of work, I'm still running uh, 10.6.8 on. Interesting. We're going to get in that scenario like Windows XP where some of us are running kind of, because t- I'm running 10.6.8 on the the uh, main switching machine over there, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, only because I don't really want to upgrade. There's no, But I could get Maverick for free now, which is another big deal, I suppose. And I don't know whether that has any kind of relevance to... Yeah, anyone. I'm, I'm going to do that. No, I will do that on, the, on one of the other testing machines. But I thought I'd leave it until after the podcast, just in case it completely <laughs> very, screwed up Skype. very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there is a, every every chance that it might. I know, Mark, does it have any interest to you? I mean, no, we've talked about landfill technology and stuff, but some of those um, iPads look kind of quite tasty, right? iPad mini, I like the look of that. Well, less space in the landfill, I suppose. Nice and thin. 
Yeah. You could stack loads of them in a, in a landfill site, couldn't you? That's true, you could. <laughs> How have they got it so thin? I mean, if you think about the thickness of the screen, the, the, gra- the glass itself must be, I mean, to be any, you know, to have any strength, the glass must be at least three millimetres thick, you'd think. And then the casing, maybe that's a millimetre thick. So have they got the stuff in between? <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is, no, yeah, that is, that is kind of. But, I mean, and so then, what? What's going to stop it from snapping in half as yeah. well? Though? Just, you know, if you sit on that, it's going to go horribly wrong. Yeah, not something... So you have to buy an external case to put on it to make it thicker. <laughs> <laughs> and stronger, yeah. It needs strengthening. Yeah, yeah Bionic, that's a good point. Any of I mean, you know, you, you've, you've built Hackintoshes and stuff in the past. I mean, have you got enough power? Do you need any more power? Um, really? And I would like to have more portable power. I'd like to have, um, but then that's really just down to putting a faster chip in a computer. Uh, At the level that those things are at, it's probably, uh, like Dave said, it's probably outside the realms of music. But having said that, if you think, I mean, if I think about what's in my studio, I was thinking about the V-Synth the other day, and I was thinking, why can't Roland just release that operating system as a plug-in? And then I could have it in my computer. And then I thought, well, my computer would probably just grind to a halt if I did that. But if you think about, you know, the cost of a vSynth, if you were willing to invest a bit more in faster computing and a little bit in software, then maybe it's, you know, kind of in in the future, it would be a route to go. Because um, every time Roland develop a synth like that, they have to develop all of the... DSP for it and all the chips and everything else that go inside it, I guess. And yeah, but I mean, that, 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 stuff. Yeah, and that's. If you had a mind numbingly fast computer program that you could just drop these things into, then it, it maybe it could make things more modular. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. I don't know whether or not that. I mean, that Roland era in, in a period of change, obviously, with the, the, uh, the stepping down of the main man, which who's been kind of, you know, traditionally much more conservative in his kind of creative thinking you know and, and and also very firm about yes we need to do this and that you know not interested in emulation and that kind of thing because it's so retro but but so maybe that sort of stuff might come along i mean who knows it's a but any of the um i mean any of them then like korg of the m1 don't they um, and um, yeah they made those modeled all of their previous sort of digital machines are all out there and and the analog ones and all sort of there and usable. So I, I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, the the more processing power you've got, the more bits you've got to throw at making that emulation better, right? So the more yeah. DSP there is to throw at something, the, the closer it will get to the original one. And then, you know, I mean, sure, somebody's got to come up with something and go off at a tangent and go like, okay, so we've invented something new as well. But at the same time, if I could have one machine that did everything and it did all of those really powerful things that normally sit in DSP-driven boxes as well. Well, if you think about that, it, I mean, if you think, I mean, when we're, we are eventually getting to the, we're getting to the situation where where computing power just becomes a commodity, like buying, you know, electricity yeah. or whatever. And it, uh, certainly in the server realms, you know, where all of Sonic State runs on a commodity that I buy from Amazon, which is, uh, you know, just virtual computing, effectively, that's just running on whatever the hardware is, and presumably they just throw more at it. And we're getting to the situation now. I mean, this this last breed of uh, Mac 
you know, this Mac Pro, I mean, I can't imagine it's a very, very, very niche and specific need. And it's all really, again, down to the speed of the IO because the processing can be done in a variety, you know, whatever. It doesn't sort, it sort of doesn't matter. And we're mm-hmm. kind of getting to that position. I think we've talked about it before of just essentially an OS or anything is all irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's just the speed of the chips or the computer. I think, this is, I think this is where the new iPad things become interesting in a way, you know, everything. <clears throat> You know, we can say that the desktops are plenty powerful enough, but the, uh, you know, the iPads are becoming powerful enough. I mean, the big thing with iOS 7 now, this interapp audio, um, it is actually quite nice now. Now various apps are coming out that support it. Um, so obviously processor overheads now become a, a bigger issue on something on the iPad platform than, than maybe before. Uh, but they still didn't do anything to um, tackle this business about onboard storage. You know, the, um, I'd read rumors that the base model of, a, of an iPad was going to start at 32 gigabytes, but no, it's still at 16 gigabytes. Now, I, no, I think... Well, it is because they don't give you any other option to use mass storage devices attached. You know, there's no way to do it. So it's it's a bit crazy that the really it's going to be fantastic software. It's going to be cloud based, though, isn't it? That's why it's it's going to happen on the in a way. That's what they're looking to do, aren't they? But from a recording point of view, the amount of time it's going to take to upload like a decent sort of song project up to the cloud is, you know, we're talking like if you, on average, I would say like a a single song, if I'm working on a single song, um, I'm looking at about four gigabytes roughly. I I mean, it it varies, but I would say four gigabytes would be uh, reasonable. You know, um, I am a bit lazy about emptying out of the bin and really trimming away audio like I used to well, in the why past. Why would you need but... to? Because drives are cheaper, aren't they, etc. You know. Exactly. So so we kind of just tend to be a bit, uh, you know, yeah, blasé about that. But So there is very strict limitations with iOS 7 in regards to you letting them access uh, mass storage devices. So if you use a camera connection kit and you plug a USB uh, USB uh, USB stick or disk in there, you'd expect to be able to at least back up your data onto that, and you can't. There's no yeah. way within the infrastructure to be able to do that. And so, it, like, GarageBand has just had a big update. So I've just downloaded it uh, last night from my iPad, and now GarageBand, uh, if you, you if you're running the latest. Uh, units you can do 32 tracks on there, or on like my iPad 2, I can now do 16 tracks, and I think that's 16 stereo tracks as well. So, you know, so Apple a reasonable amount of data, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, so without being able to back, I don't know, it, it seems a bit strange to me. It feels like that that, that, they, that, they, that they're maintaining this. Sort of very rigid approach to how much storage you're allowed to have, as you say, to drive everything cloud-based. But um, what do you get in your cloud? Your iCloud, I think, is five gigabytes, isn't it? Uh, so, yes, but then yeah. there'll be an extra service, so you're going to charge some more. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the point, yeah. though, isn't it? I mean, and let's face it, most people are going to be using this for uploading their home movies and 
song collection and videos and pictures that they shoot of the kids or whatever. They're not necessarily going to be uploading giant multi-track projects, um, which yeah, we but, are. But there's uh, going to be a yeah, way but, around. But they're pushing the garage band, aren't they? They're pushing it in, in, the, in the presentation. They were really sort of celebrating the fact that you could now do 32 tracks on garage band, mm. you know. So yeah. they are pushing that thing as well. So it's interesting, though. I mean, we are. Gonna, it is going to be a shift. I mean, I don't know, Dave, what you think. I mean, we talked about you know how it affects you as a developer. I mean, you don't need the latest stuff. I mean, I guess you know, for instance, when you did the Octave Cat video, it would have been handy to have one of those because that would have probably rendered in you know ten times real time, right? With all of that yeah, stuff, that yeah, nice. great video, by the way. Um, but you know, is it? It, can you see as a software developer a, a, a time when almost platform is irrelevant and it's down to the core concept and the execution of the code? It would be nice. I'm not sure whether I see it. Uh, what did somebody, somebody posted a really great cartoon the other day and it's like, what we need is one nice standard. And then it was like, no, what we need are three better standards and the whole thing. So I don't think you're ever going to get everything to kind of converge in a seamless manner on that. Mark has a very interesting point. I mean, I know I was just trying to look up an email that I had from John. He was saying about this, you know, Diva and stuff uses these zero uh, zero latency filters, and that's very CPU-intensive, obviously. So the more power you've got there. But, of course, then my worry is, of course, is if you've got a disparity between somebody running, you know, a two-, three-year-old iMac and, say, something like a super-duper Mac Pro, then you're going to get issues there. But, yeah... I don't think that answered any of your questions. No, it? it doesn't matter. But I, I, actually, interestingly, I was listening to some of the commentary yesterday from uh, Twit Network because they were doing the, a live stream and commentating. And they were saying, you know, it, this is obviously just going to end up in a situation where we get the iPad Pro. And maybe that's what's going to work, Gaz. The iPad Pro will just have a bunch more storage on it and, you know, yeah. possibly bigger or whatever it may be and that's so they're trying to drive people into content creation on these devices so that they can then sell them a pro version of the tablet maybe that's what's yeah. going on i i mean bring bring it on i guess i mean you know uh, the surface pro 2 uh has just been released doesn't it which yeah uh, and that I, seems to be I, getting some pretty good um there was uh, Jason uh, Bradbury, who's the uh, the gadget show guy who I've I met, and we went I went up and did some help getting setting up his studio. He's been kind of raving about it, going, "Actually, this is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a lot of poke. Mm. It's, it's it's not the surface. It's it's a completely redesigned thing with a lot more grunt in it. So maybe that's an option. Yeah, and and that you don't have any restriction, do you? In terms of you can plug a USB drives into that. You've got and uh, you can plug. It, it, it's just a Windows machine, really, in, in, a, in a tablet, isn't it? Pretty well, much. It's just about to say, Windows 8 has to come along soon and blow everybody's minds with something really clever, doesn't it? Well, eight point, are we not at 8.1 already? So, yes. Oh, well, th- we are. No, I mean from in terms of musical application, because at the moment we're, we, uh, we've taken 20-odd minutes to talk about Apple. Yeah. And... What we're discussing is a device called an iPad, which is a touchscreen interface, and a device called a Mac Pro, which is a computer. And they haven't managed to get those two things into the same realm or paradigm yet. And Windows have. And somebody has to come out with something mind-blowing for Windows soon, which means that I can like touch at my screen and fiddle around on my MIDI keyboards and just have the whole lot so that I'm integrating those two styles of working. 
Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's we've we 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 you know that's the the holy grail. It's interesting, that's actually. Sort of the platforms there, the platforms there, the platforms there is an invitation to, to to a developer to come up with something that will just go, oh no, Windows is the next step because it kind of dances back and forth between Windows or PC, doesn't it? And it's about <laughs> but, uh, Windows. I have to say though, I've got a laptop here, a, a Windows laptop with a touchscreen, um, an Asus one, and. It's a bit weird to, you know, because, yes, you can do certain things with it. Uh, and I was just trying it with Sonar. Uh, but the whole thing that makes a, an iPad a really appealing product is the fact that, you know, you don't have to deal with file management. You don't have to deal with Virtually all that kind no of... latency as well, right? Yeah. and, and, you, know, iPad, and you I just... touch the screen and sound comes out, but... As far as I'm aware, and the Windows 8 machine, I touch the screen and then I wait. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, it's like they, they get so many things right with the iPad from, from a musician's point of view, but yeah. it's just this complete stubborn business regarding storage. Seems to me to be the, the, the main stumbling block because yeah. there's lots of very, very decent uh, class-compliant audio interfaces, so you can plug these you know, many, many, you know, and it will record multi-channel audio now. So it's, I, I just find it incredibly frustrating because well, I actually really like this kind of touch it, it works, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting, no, and as uh, I, I, uh, in the chat room, um, I forgot what somebody mentioned, uh, what about uh, Hackintosh on a Surface Pro? Now, that would be an interesting idea because then you get the OS yeah. X, you get all of that stuff, but it wouldn't necessarily be linked to the, I, uh, to the iOS. I don't know if that's possible. I imagine it's probably been... Finding the, it, finding the drivers yeah. is the hardest bit right. of any of it. Yeah. Well, as is yeah. OS X multi-touch aware, though? I have no idea. Yes, to a degree, uh, because it's got, uh, certainly with the uh, the Magic... You know, one of these. That's multi-touch aware, but not in the same direction. But it does... I mean, no, if, if, if Apple have made a computer with the hardware in it, so things like the Intel HD 3000 and HD 4000 graphics cards, because they're in Apple computers, then there's a driver there that somebody can poke around at and probably make work in other computers that have the same hardware. Mm. But if Apple haven't written a driver for the hardware, unless you're very, very, very clever, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Well, the simplest thing would just be put an SD slot in it, wouldn't it, really? Put an SD slot in an iPad. In the iPad job, job's yeah. done, really. Simple. Absolutely. It just seems, it seems crazy, doesn't it? It just mm. seems so obvious. And it, but it is to do with this closed system. Yeah. And the closed, it's a closed system. You cannot... I mean, if you try and bring an MP3 into your iPad... You know, the only way to do it is through this convoluted iTunes on your computer, blah, blah, yeah, blah. It's, you it's know, no, it's, it's going to have to change. I think it's going to have to change. I, I, I don't want to dwell too long on, on that because we, Drop, we've done... We've done Dropbox is quite good for that. Yeah, that, that can, can work too. Integrates quite well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's being encouraged anyway. But there's some, some good stuff there, and it's just a question of, you know, it feels to me more like we're on the cusp of a sort of... I, I don't know if it's convergence or divergence, but it feels like something's shifting All at of a quantum <laughs> level, you know, that's taking us in a more direction, another direction. It's just, yeah, but we'll have to see what, what, uh, what's going on there because there are a lot of other things coming up. Obviously we've got Bitwig in the, in the go. I've got a, a, a beta of that, which I finally got working. Um, I had a bit of trouble to begin with, but you know, again, I want to try that on, on Linux, you know, so all of these things are going to start to make a difference. We're going to see a shift um, and it's, 
like you say, is it down to the hardware drivers? But if if it becomes irrelevant, then I don't know. Uh, obviously, we have Mavericks coming out as well. I don't know if uh, Dave, you've bothered with that, or whether it's just uh, one of those things you think I actually don't want to know. I'd rather just get on with the work I've got at the moment. Uh, no, that's what I said. I will install it on one of the machines afterwards. I know somebody's had it on a machine here for a while, so. Right, but it's a free. Why does it remind me of Tom Selleck? Why does it remind? Why, why does it, is that what it is? Was it like a <laughs> no. TV program no, or something? No, Mavericks. Uh, the name of Top Gun, the the flyer, the the bloke played by Tom Cruise. Maverick was the uh, pilot, wasn't he? In oh Top yeah, Gun. I couldn't get on with that film. Well, that's understandable. I don't know. It, 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 it's it's one of those uh, references, I think. I will see how it works. Anyway, I want to say um, well, it's probably time for an ad, so I'll press the button and see if the ad comes up because it seems to have a bit of latency. I need obviously need a, 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 studio, a Mac Pro studio. Here we are. Isotope. Thank you very much. Isotope of the RX3. Uh, they say, get ready to experience the fastest, easiest way to perfect your audio. And that's very true because this is the top dog when it comes to audio restoration suite. Uh, we've got removing reverb and ambience with the new de-reverb technology. You can quickly reduce background audio and clean dialogue tracks with the dialogue denoiser. Work up to six times faster, they say, with uh, audio intelligent processing and other work- workflow improvements. Never lose an edit because the unlimited undo history is saved automatically right in the new RX document format and you can have multiple tabs. So you can have two versions of the same file open and be doing different processes on them. Uh, RX3 is available now and basically it's going to give you pretty much whatever you need. Get a ta- get a down a 10-day trial, fully operational, isotope.com RX. And you've got the advanced version and the regular version. And um, really, really recommend that in terms of um, how, if you're into audio restoration or doing any video stuff, or in lots of other reasons, it just fixes so many things. Very cool indeed. Right, um, so, oh, let's get on to something jolly, shall we? A friend of mine had a, just had a birthday. Uh, and uh, it was his 50th. We went to his party at the weekend. It's taken me almost till now to recover. Um, free bar, always a bad idea, and uh, spirits. But anyway, it was a fun party. But um, the, the, the invite was basically uh, bring a single because he's bought himself a 1950s jukebox and I've got uh, some really lovely examples of them here. And um, if I go there, uh, I'm trying to think. It was sort of similar to... I think that's about the closest I can get in terms of what it looked like. And he's going to stock it up with singles. I took him, uh, actually, a Banana Rama single. But I could have just as easily, uh, I was thinking maybe I'd love to hear some, some of Craftwork stuff on there. If you were going to populate an electro jukebox or any kind of jukebox, what do you think you put on it? I'm going to come to you, Dave, first, because I know you've probably got an... In- <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> he said... Well, panic sets in. I don't know. Is there anything that you would... Uh, what classic electronica would you put on it, do you think? Oh, it obviously have to be unders, wouldn't it? Left field. Or, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Open up. That would be mine. That would be mine. Every time we used to go to LA, it was just like straight on the car stereo, full volume. Is that yeah, the one with um, like Johnny Rotten? Yeah. Uh, burn down Tinseltown and all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. Just the thing to listen to while driving down the uh, uh, PCH <laughs> with the top down. Exactly. Well, it, we had we had that, and we would sometimes go up into the Hollywood Hills, and I would play Dolby Screen Kiss. Ah, yeah, no, that's a beautiful, beautiful track. Which as well. was always quite uh, a good. I actually got some uh, great. And the other thing, anything by John Barry. 
Great things in the chat room. Um, that's a Heaven 17, Echo Sonic suggests. Yep, good call. Level 42, yeah, I don't know whether that's acceptable. I suppose it it, it might have to be Yona Magic Orchestra. Um, lots and lots of stuff. Yeah, there he goes. Dave is doing the Mark King impersonation. There you go. Yeah, I like so that. There is to it. I know. Um, Mark Tinley, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you've probably got a selection of uh, interesting vinyl choices that you'd like to put on there. I don't have many left, actually. No, I haven't I, w- I went to a funeral last Wednesday, and, I, and my brother Adam was there. And we were talking about vinyl, and I was saying, because um, I, I said to him, I'd found, I found a place that will do, like, uh, vinyl pressings for £24 for a one-off, which I think is quite reasonable. reasonable yeah. So you just send the person uh, your audio file on a stick, and they burn, burn it, no, cut it, onto a disc. And I said, oh, I've still got some, like, um, I've still got a clear vinyl copy of uh, Sound of the Suburbs by the members. Oh, and yeah, went, I remember that one. Tinley, that's mine. What <laughs> are you doing with that? I went, oh, okay, sorry, you can have it back if you want. But I've got an inkling that I might have nicked all of his seven-inch singles, actually. <laughs> so what you want to so do, Mark? I might put them on there, but very angry. Adam might come back, I'm, that one's my one, I want that back. Maybe so. what you should do is just get yourself a jukebox and put them all on there and then lose the key so he can never get them back. Yeah, I think I've acquired all my friends' records because uh, I've got another, I've got um, Jungle Rock by H- Hank Mazel somewhere as well. That's really rare, apparently, but I know that I nicked that off my friend Julia. She was also at the funeral, actually. Good job I didn't mention that in front of her. Um but I would put Move On by Fashion or Move On, Move... Oh, God, I can't do it. Move On. Ah, there's some, there's some the great... There's some great ones here. Tea Leaf Tinley, that's a very good... Uh, that's a very good nickname. <laughs> Nash the Slash going on in there. I'm, I, can, I, I used to have a Nash the Slash album. Uh, Dead Man's Curve and there was some other... What? Swing Shift, Swing Shift, Soissant Neuf, I think was what I'm going to try and look that up because that is a real rarity. Uh, Nash the Slash, right, okay. Anyone else care to go? Gaz, I'm sure you've probably got a few suggestions you'd like to get in there while I look this up. Well, if it was classic electro or sort of, you know, a dancey sort of tracks, I would definitely put Little Fluffy Clouds by The Orb on there. Ah, yeah, Uh, good call. I I still love that every time I hear it. Um, I also love... um, I was listening recently to... um, hadn't listened to it for a long time, but the, the Moog cookbook album. And uh, I don't know if any singles ever came off that, but um, that would something off that would be good. Um, what else? Oh, gosh, so many things. Um, uh, was it the... Is it, what was that French band who did... Was it? Were they called Space Magic? Oh, Magic 70s, Fly. guys. Yes. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not I've, I found Space. Swing Shift on Nerf. Space. Yeah, they were called Space, yeah. Excellent. Um, oh, gosh. Here we go. I'm just bringing this up under. Nash the Slash, Corsa, famous for wearing bandages. I remember him playing in my, in, in my local town in a place that's no longer there. Chemise, I think it was called. He was playing the electric violin and wore bandages. Oh, 
now I've shown me age. That's great, actually. If you get the chance to look that up, try that out. <laughs> Nash the Slash, sing Swing Shift Soissant Neuf, very early electronic music, I must say. You're right, though, Gaz. There's plenty there, isn't there? We've oh, got... Uh, uh, they're just, just coming, <laughs> Telstar by Joe Meek. That's mechanic. Uh, wow, there is so much of it. It depends what the thing sounds like as well, doesn't it? Because the jukebox. if it's got a sort of a middly, boxy kind of sound, then all that 70s... I wouldn't put electric music on it. I'd put, well, electronic music. I'd put, like, all the 70s kind of Slade and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's a thought. Because I think they were kind of EQing for that. For, for the likelihood that most of their singles might end up in a very middly boxy sounding oh, um, playback weird. system and, and they wanted to make it loud didn't they so there's some very there's a pretty one there that's pretty I've, been, I've been revisiting loads of the uh, tracks that were on that Rhodes video which was a brilliant video actually although I have to say after about probably about an hour and a quarter I started to think I wonder whether I probably never want to hear a Fender Road sound again because it's kind of it just goes on all the time <laughs> well one thing I did but notice I was, I've kind of yeah sorry I the one thing I did notice is a lot of those uh, renditions were not actually the recordings they were somebody playing them on a Rhodes and it was the same player and the same road sound which probably made it a little bit overroaded. Overroaded, <laughs> fantastic I think Hocus Pocus absolutely would have to go on a jukebox, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know that. And Popcorn is going to yeah, have to go on there. Yeah, go Popcorn on there. Uh, chicory Tips. Sorry, uh, Dave. I, I've, I, I've got a recent jukebox story, actually. To, um, my, my cousin's got a jukebox uh, in his kitchen, and loads of great tracks on there. Um, and I told him recently, I don't know if you all know about this, about the, uh, the F word in Hey Jude, it's, uh, there's a, after, I think it's like the third verse, uh, and anytime you feel the pain, there's a little, in the background, I think it's John Lennon, you can hear a little, someone go, Hip, and they go, in hell, in the background, right? Uh-huh. It's there, it's there, and you right. can hear it. Now, now I was listening to it on the recent 2009 remasters, and, you know, out my studio monitors. Someone told me about it. I didn't know about it. And then there it was. I was like, wow. So I was telling my cousin about it. I was thinking, oh, saying about it in relation to the new masters saying, oh, yeah, you know, the, the thing is these masters have opened stuff up and you can hear all sorts of stuff going on in the background, including like this F word yeah, in one of the most famous, in one of the most famous songs of all time. And, it, and we're like, oh, so we just thought, oh, he had an original Hey Jude single in his jukebox, so we put it on, and we knew, and you could hear it. You could hear it coming off the crackly old forty-five. There, it's there. How and it's the like, hell did they get away with that? It's amazing. It, it's just a, you might not have known about it then, or not have noticed it. Well, we've talked but, about the perception, isn't it? If you're you're about to hear the word F, then that's yeah. what you will hear. So, but yes, yeah, well, but it, it, and, it, and it's it, there it's, too. <laughs> It's pretty obvious, and it is. It is there. I mean, I think it's sort of. Oh, I have to check that out. Yes, I have to check that out. Uh, I've got another thing to play. Actually, while we're on the show, because much as I'd love to stay on this up, there's just so many possibilities for this jukebox, and I want to thank the chat room for bringing those in. That's awesome. Um, but I've also got this. This is a, another eBay finding, and this is. I'm going to play it. Introduce it with this, because uh, I, I found this uh, while I was looking. And I didn't realise this is quite modern. I don't know when this was released, but I think it's quite recent. This is, uh, of course, well, you'll see who it is in a second when uh, the main man makes himself available on the, on the screen. 
busted for this one, I'm not sure. This has got to be the coolest granddad. If my daughter had a granddad like that, it does look a bit like my dad, actually. Mr. Mayor. I know you're going to do it with the easy touch. I know that you believe you love the There it is, Dieter Mayer, and that's uh, yellow. Anyway, this is the news that uh, Boris Blank's uh, Fairlight is up for sale. You can get it. Let me see. Where is it? I think I've got a page. Oh, I've just shut the bloody window. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, um, oh, that's a bit annoying. So now I've got to find it again. Now, Boris, yes, I think I can find it here. You, would you buy a used Fairlight from this man? I've got it somewhere. Let's see we go. Uh, let me find the link. It's just, just here. This is in... Uh, eBay Australia. There it is. It has no keyboard with it, unfortunately. Not the music keyboard, but the, you get this system. And I don't know what this picture's doing here in that case, because that is that looks that makes it look like you're getting two racks, a whole bunch of stuff, and the keyboard and everything else. But I don't know about that. At the moment, you could pick it up for a mere um, twelve thousand nine hundred uh, Australian dollars. And the shipping seems very reasonable. Dave, you probably appreciate this. Sixty-one dollars. International shipping. Can that be right? I mean, that, I'm more astonished by that, frankly, than I am by the price <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. Fairlight. Um, but, I, you know, you're a collector. You can sure. stick to analogue or does something like this tempt you? Uh, I wouldn't be serious. I did go through a stage of wanting a 2X. Oh, your audio's just died. But that was just pure nostalgic nonsense. Uh Oh, is it gone? Am yeah, I back? No, you're back now. Uh, and I quite like the idea of a three. I'd like... Actually, the one I'd like is the one that uh, Failed Muso's got, which is uh, the one that belonged to Ian Stanley. Uh, Yellow really didn't do that much for me. I don't know. No, I, I didn't But Tears for Fears did, actually. Ian Stanley used to live in Bath, actually, and uh, when I was a lad and we were doing remixes, uh, he did... We did a trade with him, and I'm just trying to remember what happened. That's right. He was doing. Uh, he remixed a single called "Blue Love," which I think I've told this story before. And I remixed. Uh, I think we remixed loads of stuff actually. In return, he did. He was doing an EP, which was used to promote the rebranding of um, Twix to Raiders, which, as we all know, failed miserably because it's still called Twix. Because <laughs> I think they're obviously trying to unify the brand from you know across Europe and America and what have you. And, I'm uh, still angry about Snickers and Marathon. <laughs> still angry. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, I can I can understand that. Uh, and uh, and yes, he had the fair light then. Um, but I think he and when we were working with him, he used a Roland Seven. 770, 760, the big one, not the thin one, the really big Roland yeah. sampler with the with the CRTA. Oh, the 50, yeah. Yeah, the 750. Was it the 750? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. They had their moment. They really did have their moment. But as I understand it, the library for the Series 3, I, I don't think I've ever used a Series 3. I kind of, when I was Russian, it was a 2, and then that got replaced by the Synclavia. And I don't think I've ever played a three. But by all accounts, the library of the three is uh, infinitely better to the two X. Cumulative, isn't it? I've never played one at all. I've seen them about the place, but I've never seen one on. Mark, I'm guessing, you know, you're, you, you, you've had a long history of samplers. Could you find some space in your attic for one of these? Or would you bother? 
I mean, that, there's something about them, isn't it? They are thought of. I as... just want his sound library, actually. Right. I want to pick through his sound library and all the little sequences he's made that he's never used on songs, and <laughs> that would be perfect. Um, do I want one of those? No. Uh, when I first started uh, getting into really into proper sampling, as opposed to like samplers that I'd made out of shoeboxes and string, but when I bought a Casio FZ1. Uh, somebody I know had a Fairlight Series 3, and he had, he was, I think he was a repair guy for Fairlight, actually, and every time one went wrong, he was sort of purloining boards until he'd got <laughs> enough boards to make his own complete model, so it sort of didn't have a serial number, and then there was this whole thing about, it had a worm drive with it, I think, which was 20 megabytes, with this huge rack of that was... with it. That was right once, read, read many. God, yeah. that's showing my age, isn't it? Yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was actually an optical... You had to put a disc in an optical case, and it was, it was two-sided, massive. wasn't yeah. it? Two-sided. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, but, I mean, I, and then I sort of remember thinking, well, it's only got 16 voices. It was 16-bit, but it only had 16 voices, and it was 44.1, and it didn't really seem to have a great deal more memory than the Casio. And I was th- sort of thinking... Well, you know, where, where's Why? that going? What's going yeah. to? Do? I mean, it was slightly clearer, better quality, slightly, but the S thousand just wiped the floor with the Fairlight, really, didn't it? Yeah. Well, there was all that so, time when you just basically somebody spent a lot of time f- sampling from the Fairlight into the S one thousand, so you ended up program. Yeah, there was all well, of those Fairlights. That, <laughs> that, that must have taken a long time. It was a horrible Yeah, it, it took him a very long time. I know the man that did, did lots of those. Actually, and then, so. and then and they ended up just getting copied everywhere because I used to di- I I used to push. Yeah. I was I was a floppy dealer back in the uh, the, the late eighties, early nineties. I used to buy uh, high density floppies from a uh, a nameless um, Korean manufacturer, Star something, Star Coal, Star something or other for oh. 50 pence and sell them for £1.20 uh, to all the studios so that they could just duplicate. Um, a, Did S1 you deliver? Did I deliver? Yeah. Because uh, no. there were times where it was like, just call somebody, get some H- uh, DSHDs, get them in here now, don't care what they cost. And I had this idea that, you know, there should be a guy on a, like a motorcycle, a bit like Domino's Pizza, just kind of <laughs> delivering hard drives and floppy drives and stuff. You just have one of those little yeah, top yeah. boxes on the back that opened up and it was just like a disc case. <laughs> well, you'd need, you like, like see high security, though, wouldn't Because I bought my Casio FZ1 from the Synthesizer Service Centre in Edgware Road, I think, or near Edgware Road. And they said, do you want some, uh, some HD discs to go with? That uh, so my the the synth itself was about fifteen hundred quid I think but I ended up spending over seventeen hundred pounds because the boxes of discs were either I can't remember if it was sixty pound a box or one hundred and twenty pound a box but yeah, they, they were unbelievably expensive they were yeah the well the H the HD disc the high density disc because uh, yeah in, in, the, in the Atari they were uh, twelve quid each. In the Atari, they were single-density drives. Now, what did they hold? I mean, like 32K, 320K? What was it? It wasn't much, was it? 720 on... Oh, on... 720 were the high densities, and I think... Double-sided. Yeah, so three... Well, high density was 1.4 megabytes, but then it had a little hole on the left-hand side, and all you had to do was get an electric drill and pop a hole through the left-hand side on a a double-sided one, and then it would turn it into a high-density disc. Ah... 
that's, it's all priceless. coming out now. That's priceless. Yeah. Rob GS in the chat room says he spent more time on quick discs than he did on his Akai X7, X7000. Oh, it's just astonishing, isn't it? It's brilliant. Oh. That whole kind of notion of spending more on storage than anything else, and it sort of ties in rather uh, rather nicely with what uh, what you can currently get drives for now. Although they're still they still are quite expensive. They they went down um, and then they went up loads because uh, I think because of the um, the tsunami yeah, disaster, it just wiped out a load of manufacturing places, and it so as a commodity, they became very expensive again. Has anyone got any side quests? Hard uh, drive readers. I've got I've got yeah. a load of Hans Zimmer stuff. The forty four and the eighty eight. I've just got loads of them. I've got a side quest forty four. Um, I don't know if it works. I used to use them a lot. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I've managed to make zip drives, jazz drives. I've got loads of zips and jazz. I can yeah. read all of those things. I've got a Mac G4 with a SCSI card in it. <laughs> so if you set, uh, I can copy them all off and make disk images from them. Oh, really? Now, you, sh- yeah. you, you, what are you doing here? You should be working, Mark. You could be making a fault. Well, I don't know about a fortune. You I'm could be far spending- too busy looking after a golden retriever. Now, come on. <laughs> That's true, and, and which is probably a much more worthy. Uh, Worthy operation than uh, feeding zip drives into a yeah. So talking about yeah. storage, you know the magma thunderbolt chassis. Oh thing. yeah, um, that's, that was something that came up as well. Good, nicely linked there, Gaz. Well brought into line. <laughs> smooth. Very smooth. Here we go. This is I found this on Pro. Well, we I think we ran a story on it, but there was very little information. This is the uh, Magma new expansion chassis, Robin Three, coming very soon. Uh, if you look at this, uh, I couldn't quite figure out because there's very little information whether that is. Um, well, first of all, it's got an eight bay um, hard drive in it, but I wasn't sure whether it also had PCI expansions. I like the idea of that. Imagine if you had a, a, a rack like that, and it had hard drive bays in it. And um, PCI slots as well. That would be pretty awesome because then you know you're talking something that's got fairly uh, f- that's fairly portable. You can just drag the whole thing on and have your entire sample library and you know and a bunch of PCI stuff. That sounds kind of interesting, right? Is that what you're thinking, guys? Well, partly as well. It was to do with like we were talking about the cost of all these things in the past. You know, like how expensive these discs were. But I mean, uh, Thunderbolt related stuff is almost like the modern day equivalent, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. you know. Ridiculously expensive relative to, uh, you know, like a FireWire drives or um, USB three drives, um, and well, well, mag- and magma, magma chassis magma stuff t- is particularly, particularly, yeah, it's particularly expensive. Particularly expensive, yeah, and obviously this is very much aimed at the, uh, you know, the high end pro market, I suppose. Um, but uh, I mean, the whole Thunderbolt thing. We're uh, probably getting on for three years into Thunderbolt now, aren't we? And yet, Thunderbolt-related stuff is still... You're paying an enormous, enormous... Yeah, a premium. Uh, premium for it being Thunderbolt. And I was wondering, why? <laughs> I don't know yeah. why that is. Um, I, but just to on the other side of it, there's this Sonnet um, Echo Express, which is a three-slot... PCI, and that's seven hundred quid. I, I suspect the magma the, the magma one is going to be considerably more than that. Um, but yes, they are pricey. Uh, I like. I was considering um I was considering putting one of those Belkin Thunderbolt breakout things in my rack, so that I could just carry my Mac Mini about and then plug in 
to one Thunderbolt thing and then the whole thing had come to life. And I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. But the Thunderbolt breakout thing, which basically gives you three USB things and a couple of firewires, that's £300. So, yeah. or £250 if you buy it from America and wait a week or something. But So I thought, okay, that's reasonable. That That makes my life... Very simple, just one cable. Then I thought, right, I'd need to buy a cable. So I looked through yeah. the price of cables. I have three meter cables, like ninety quid or something. Yeah, I'm it's like, still. Jesus. Uh, I mean, this is the, crazy. This is the thing that's that, that's. I mean, I'm wondering why, whether or not this might have been why they were delaying the release of the uh, new Mac Pro because there's just not much out there available for it at the moment, and it needs to be picked up. And it, but there's uh, and there's also another factor, which is you know if you put all of this stuff on the same bus it's got a lot of uh bandwidth you know it's using a lot of bandwidth in fact i found this brilliant calculator if you check here there's if you go on google and i put gigabits to gigabytes and um thunderbolt 2 which is on the uh the new uh, mac pro runs at 40 gigabits and that roughly equates to five gigabytes so you could write to a drive or whatever at five gigabytes a second Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 2. Thunderbolt Yeah, which is... So they've now got a second... Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, uh, that's sustained. That's a sustained data rate, I think. Um, so, uh, you know, if you think, you know, that's running perhaps display, that's running um, PCI, what have you, which is going to take a fair bit of uh, bandwidth as well. Um, that's kind of quite a lot. It's got to shift a lot of data over that... Um, yeah. Over that you know, that port effectively. Uh, but there are several, but I think there's more than one bus in the, um, uh, in the new Mac pro. So you do get perhaps double up. So, you know, that th- there are more ports, but I think there are also more than one bus. So you can speed that. But then, you know, the other thing that you can do, uh, if you're, you were talking about this guys is about, uh, more storage. Uh, this again, this is PCI cards. Uh, if I bring this in here, uh, these are the OCZ Revo drives, which are basically they're PCI cards with uh, flash RAM on them. So they've got an internal solid state drive. They're really fast. They run at like 900 megs a second, right speed, read and write. They're really, really fast, but they're jolly expensive. I mean, if you want a 240, let's see, well, the, the most expensive one I found was 800 quid for a 480 gigabit SSD drive. Uh, and I think that runs up to, if I click here, I probably, uh, what does it do? It runs um, interface four times. What's the maximum? Yeah, oh no, it, this, this will do one and a half gigs a second transfer rate read and 1.2 gigs a second write. <laughs> wow. That's not bad, is it? But that's going to be using up um, one quarter uh, of your uh, Thunderbolt bandwidth. That's something to think about, eh? Wow. Just thought I'd throw that in there. So yeah, it's not all good news, Thunderbolt, and that's maybe why people have there hasn't been as much um, there hasn't been as much development for it because people think well it's going to use up less. But I don't know what the new um, the PCI bus speed is. Anyone got an idea of what the bandwidth is on that? Can't be that much less. Hollywood um... chat room, they might know PCI PCI bandwidth. Let's have a look. Let's see if I can find something out. Oh, I'm hitting with the hard math questions here. Statistics. Uh, it depends how long the chat room is behind PCI Express. The PCIe bandwidth is. Let me They're see. Suggesting that you sell floppy disks at the back of your van for <laughs> the cost of it. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Okay, hold on. A look at that. That's, what would uh, the? Yeah, hold on. What would the? F- Sorry. It looks like. Uh, yeah, no eight. Sixteen lane slot in each direction. Hold on. Uh, capacity one, two, three, four. Two gigs a second. 
looks like. And let, uh, version four, 16 lane slot, uh, each direction would be 30 gigs a second. So I, I don't fully understand that. So maybe, yeah. What would a, what would a 4K video stream what what do you think that would actually take up in terms of uh, bandwidth per second? Oh, that's a good question. What's a four K four K video stream? Four uh, K well, I'm I four K video stream. Right, okay. I oh, video stream. Well, I'm just I'm just googling it. It's nothing. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not working it out. <laughs> it's not coming 15. from memory. Sorry. Fifteen. I'm saying fifteen. Four uh, K resolution. Four K resolution. What's that? Uh, uh, I'm just trying to find it now. Let's see if we go back here. Um, 15 megapixels per second, says Ed in the chat room. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's true. So yeah, that's, uh, that's 15 meg. So 15. So that means it's going to be, uh, one, just over a quarter. Well, no, a third, isn't it? Pretty much a third of the available bandwidth of Thunderbolt 2. So it's still, you know, that's not leaving an awful lot spare, is it? Mm. 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 Food for thought. Mm. <laughs> and probably too much information, frankly. But yeah, um, good. D useful stuff. I've forgotten where we started. <laughs> where were we? Mark, have you got... <laughs> Can you remember where we were? We were talking about samplers and fair lights, weren't we? And, and floppy drives. We, yeah, um, we were. And... Um, got the thunder, but because oh, we were talking about floppy drives and then we went... How much is storage now? That's right. But you know, you said eight hundred forty quid oh. for a hard drive, and I bought my uh, one twenty eight megabit. Me sorry, one twenty eight megabyte magneto optical Sony drive for twelve hundred quid. Like, yeah. you know, many years ago. So it's just that it's the leading edge stuff. This yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. And it'll all come down in price, and then we'll all be. I don't know. We'll be going. There'll, there'll be another thing soon, won't yeah. there? That's true. There was something about the, the, the Fairlight, you know, uh, you're talking about Boris Blank's Fairlight, and then I think, was it a failed muso quote or something, that every Fairlight has a, uh, has a story behind it, you know. The, the yeah. Fairlights were only owned by people who were rich and successful, so whatever Fairlight you have, there is an interesting story behind it. Well, that's true. I mean, uh, as, as we've talked about Yellow before, this uh, it still tickles me immensely that, uh, that Dieter Mayer... Um, was that was part of a wealthy industrialist Swiss family and was basically an international playboy <laughs> who gambled for a living. He's like a Bond villain, real, isn't he? He's just and in that video, yeah, yeah. in that video, he's even more. He's just like, yeah, that, he looks like one. <laughs> he looks like it's just so villainous somehow and sort of very sleazy, but in a kind of acceptable old school way somehow. <laughs> yeah, and I just love that whole kind of uh, notion of you know international man of leisure buying a fair light. For his mate and making some records just because he felt like it. That's kind of what I can't I forget which episode that was in, but it was uh, it was a very entertaining one because we I didn't we didn't I think Gareth, Dave you you threw out that information and it was just sort of like wow I really didn't expect that. Yeah, I've read a th uh, yeah it'll be on the same thing. There was a thing where he um, set up a stall in New York on a street corner selling the word no for ten dollars. Conceptual artist, I think we're talking so about. I just thought it was brilliant, yeah, before he knew it, there's a queue around the block. No, no. That's brilliant. Do you know how much money he made? Uh, no, I, I have a feeling that he gave for, for every person who said no. I think they had a choice, you know, it was like yes or no, answer yes or no. 
So anyone who said yes walked away with nothing. That was the impression I got from the story. Ah, I like okay. that. That's so yeah, just giving away ten bucks. Nice. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, just to quickly there, um, uh, Koshtikai in the chat room has basically given us the. Oops, oh, I'm just. I'm in trouble with my mouse here. I've got a real tangent. 60k, uh, 80, 80 gigabits, bigger, gigabits per second for 4k at 60 frames a second. Go, Mark. No, I did a course, one of those self-development courses, and it was a money course, and you had to you had to ask people for money, which is quite a difficult thing to do. But then the other thing you had to do is one of the homework things was to give away money. And I was in New York, and I'd got these dollar bills, and I was trying to get rid of them. <laughs> and I stuffed one into this young Korean girl's rucksack, and she was absolutely freaking out because I put my hand in her bag and everything. <laughs> And then she took the rucksack off her back and she ripped it open because she thought I'd stolen something. And she pulled this money out and was looking at it like, ah, like this look of absolute, what on earth was that man doing and why is she giving me money on her, on her face? Which was, um, yeah, well, that's, that sounds like quite I a difficult a challenge, strong, actually, because people, people always expect something, don't they? In we return. did a killer one. Oh, now. yeah, yeah. What did you do? When we went to uh, when we went to Nam, you know how they're always trying to get you to kind of upgrade to the next car and on your car, rental car. And at one point, there was this kind of really terrible sort of SUV copy lookalike thing outside, and everyone knows my hatred towards Fords anyway. So, but I'm fairly convinced that this is the same model that's used on Breaking Bad now, or you know, was his car, which is a sort of crappy old Dodge thing. Anyway, I persuaded Chris to upgrade, in inverted commas, to this on the condition that we put, I think it was $50 in the centre console. So everywhere we went, I would just ask people, you know, every car park or anything, I'd say, do you like my car? Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I said, what does this car say about me? And the first person to say, gas-guzzling arsehole, would win the $50. But nobody could do it, and everyone was just kind of going, oh, yeah, no, it says you're really successful, and it was like, okay, fail, until we got to Venice Beach where there's a load of surfer dudes, and they were giving us the evils when we pulled in in this wagon, and uh, I asked them exactly the question, and the guy said, gas-guzzling asshole," and we gave him the $50, and he was completely <laughs> gobsmacked. Did, he change, did that change his opinion? Uh, they, he was sort of freaked out, and we just kind of walked off. You know, nice. <laughs> That's a good. What a what a what a good thing. I I don't think I'd be able to part with that much money. <laughs> well, it's kind of worth it. We should have filmed it. It's bizarre trying to give money away. It just makes your brain go into some very unusual places. Well, but it, does, it also freaks people out because the other thing, the other time I did it, I had to get. I, I was meant to be at this course at seven o'clock and I was in a two CV on roaring up Edgware Road again. I don't know why I spend all my time roaring up and down Edgware Road, but I was. And and I saw these two old people at a bus stop and I screeched to a halt and got out the car and I was trying to give them this money. And they were like going, no, no, get away. And I got like waving a five pound note at them. And this other person went, are you giving that away? And I went, yeah. And he goes, I'll have it. And stuck it, stuck it in his pocket. (laughs) Mark, that sounds like an interesting episode in your life. Um, that should have probably like been a had bit a documentary. Like a manic episode, but a bit more controlled, I think. Wow, <laughs> that's far out. Um, 
What else is coming up? Um, I, I think we're probably kind of near to the end of the show. We did have another couple of topics, but I'm keeping them just in in uh, in reserve, which they have been in reserve for an ages, but uh, maybe there's something better will come along. But the interesting thing that is happening... Oh, hold on a minute. What was that? Oh, it's a white one. It's a very, oh. it's a very big thing. Yeah, it does look big. It's that is the uh, machine studio. Ooh, lovely. Yes. Those two twin it AMOLED. It looks bigger in white somehow. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's quite an imposing beast. And there is like little uh, built-in Ooh. feet, Foot. which are uh, actually surprisingly sturdy. Wow. And when it's on the desktop... It, 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 it puts it at a really nice angle oh, and cool. uh, where you can really see the screens really nicely. Wow. And... Pro- I, I've got a Twitch. I, I just got this awful feeling that we're going to get into serious trouble. But thank you okay. for showing that us. Was, that, was a, just a, that was a sneak preview. There it is. See if I can get that at the poster frame, eh? Um, <laughs> and uh, what else is coming? Oh, yes, of course, because there's Artorias thing that's, uh, that's being released. Uh, well, you can't see it, but it's over there behind that screen. I've finished my review and... Uh, there's been various bits of leakage about that. Um, and they're not far off the mark, is all I can say. Uh, and it, it does sound great. And there's something about the size of certain things that kind of makes them more fit for purpose than than others. That's all I'm going to say. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned. I haven't actually been given the time, the exact time I can I can uh, of the release. And it's quite annoying, really, because I keep looking at the clock going, hold on, what does that work out? So that's one day in 11 hours, but it's counting down. So what's that from now? So that means, is it midnight on Friday? Anybody know in the chat room? I don't know. Is it analogue? Good question. I don't know what I can say, really, <laughs> but, but yeah, apart from yes, absolutely. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. But so I think it's Friday <laughs> Friday at midnight is when they're releasing. But I can't remember. Right. Um, I've talked myself in. I sort of painted myself into a corner here. And I, uh, we'll say goodbye to some people. Maybe that's the best thing to do. And then I can, uh, I can um, yes. So Dave Spears, G4 Software, over there in your analog heaven. I, I, I have a feeling you're going to be getting some digital stuff. You need an Sonic Mirage. That's a good thing to have. But thanks for joining us. Yeah, I think that. Analog could be on the cusp of being completely old and outdated now. Oh, I don't know. That's Maybe just... we should go eight bit, eight bit digital. And Sonic Mirage is still partly analog anyway. Yeah, Curtis filters. Yeah, with Curtis and that. Yeah, I love them. I love them. I, I, yeah. I've, I've, I, well, I probably got some discs. I remember the Massos operating system had to program a synthesizer and two characters with a, in a hex that you have to load off a floppy disk. There's a way to work. <laughs> Yeah, whoever designed that, genius. Uh, Gaz Williams, thanks for joining us too. Um, and uh, thank you for your little bit of a sneak preview there of something we probably shouldn't have said, but maybe that'll be a tease somewhere. Uh, it's That's not songsurgeon.co.uk, it's gazwilliams.me, and you can find out about what Gaz is up to. He's doing some interesting blog posts and what have you. Uh, yes, yeah, can... so I've got, yeah, yeah I haven't po- I've, I've written quite a few now, but I haven't actually posted them yet. So, because uh, I, uh, well, I'm being a bit. Because I'm new to this kind of blogging business, I guess you just have to be a bit sort of... um, Drip feed, you've got to time it. Right, right, okay. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to... uh, Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Please, if anyone goes, please give me comments. There we go. Gaz Williams, get over there. Gazwilliams.me, there it is, in full effect. So Gaz, yes, thank you very much for joining us this week. Pleasure. Of course, we also have Mark Tinley, who is uh, looking a bit perturbed. Are you all right? I'm 
blogging. Don't talk to me about blog. I went a bit mental with my blog and deleted all of it. Right. Because <laughs> I'd written over, I don't know, four, 500 blog posts, and then I just went, oh, just doing my head in. So I deleted it and, and had a bit of a rant, and now I'm sort of thinking maybe I shouldn't have done that. And I have started a new music technology blog, but I don't know exactly where it is, and you can probably find it if you type my name in Google. But ah, uh, okay. Well, thank you. But you let I, me know, I, and I'll put it. I'll put it in the lower third, and everything. It's all part of the service. Although Gaz would beg to differ, uh, obviously, because I haven't put it in his. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm waiting till I reach critical mass, and then I'll do them all at the same time. I nearly registered me dot me when they first released the me domains, but it was 45 quid, and I thought that was a bit too much, really. And then I think Yahoo nicked it. You know what? I, get, I, I am getting a little bit embarrassed saying it, though. Gaz Williams, stop me. It does sound a bit egotistical, doesn't it? You know, it's sort yeah. of... Uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's quite good, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, it's oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> all right. We, oh, Rich, Rich is in the chat room, by the way. I just oh. noticed. Oh, is he? Rich Hilton in the chat room. Let's, um... Yeah, he is. Ah... He must be um, in uh, oh, somewhere. Thank you. Oh, everything. there we go. Thank he must you very be watching. much for having me. I yeah, enjoyed anyway. being here. Thank you. Right Thank you now. very much, Mark. And uh, nice to see you, Rich. Rich, of course, uh, is on tour with Nile Rogers. Chic. Um, in fact, that was one of the stories we were going to do, which was the, uh, the, 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 the collaboration potentially between uh, Nile and um, Giorgio Moroder. Interesting. So, uh, well, we'll, we'll um, I think the chat room on the left-hand side works better because it doesn't... I was getting a bit of this going on. Particularly with you, Mark. If you if I put your lower third up and I put it there, then it would just basically come up to about... It would come up to under just under your nose and it just doesn't look oh, right. Yeah. It doesn't look right, so but it's it far better. it hide the hair coming out the end of my nose, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, um, that was it. Sonic Talk number 335. Um, oh, that was it. It could have been a Gibson. It was a Gibson... Semi-acoustic, classic. That's what I should have had for the number. Or maybe I'll do something next week. Anyway, I want to say thanks also again uh, and more so to uh, Isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show. If I um, I could do it like that, can't I? Isotope RX, 10-day free trial, isotope.com for RX. Download it. It's uh, fully functional. And, uh, Did you do a competition? Oh, hold on. Echo Sonic's got a cracking one. Loboto.me.com. <laughs> Loboto.me. <laughs> that's cracking, isn't it? <laughs> I wonder if that's gone. I am sure it has. <laughs> it has now, anyway. Well, um, no, I haven't done a competition. That's kind of it. But yeah, there is talk about maybe doing another remix competition. I think the only thing stopping me for that is uh, we used um, SoundCloud. And frankly, I'm not paying 70 quid a month for SoundCloud to to manage a few things uh, and i just think it's you know and, and it's not that much but it, it that's what they charge basically 70 euros a month for the facilities that we need to be able to have an anonymous dropbox and stuff and i just thought that's just that's just way way over the top as we discovered also it's quite difficult for us to do the uh indexing and kind of categorizing oh, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. really clumsy and painful anyway i won't go on um because that's it. It's all over. Sonic Talk 335, it's a wrap. I'm gonna, Now I can fade to black, can't I? <laughs>